the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 78, recorded Friday, February 15th, 2013. Lights, lights, baby. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio-visual information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host, your tour guide, your hapless captain of this stalled cruise ship. Uh, with us this week is Matt Scott. Uh, he's from Omega Audio Video in London, Ontario, Canada. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. And holy cow, he's back from training and whatever no else. No way. Yeah, it is. In the flesh. It's a rare sighting. Uh, his name is Michael Drainer. Um, he used to work for somebody else, but now he is the, ready, Midwest Area Sales Manager Installed Sound for Sennheiser. How are you, brother? Doing very well. It's good to be back, folks. And just in Jumping case... In, Jacks, Batman. It's just really him. in case his boss is listening, he's actually talking into a Sennheiser microphone, so... I have with me today the Sennheiser MK4 <laughs> recording microphone. And no, they didn't pay for that, so... <laughs> um, uh, this week, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Apparently, uh, Microsoft forgot to make enough services uh, to go around Ethernet... Um, celebrated its 40th birthday, uh, and that's close to somebody else in this room's birthday. You know, Michael's almost 40. Not so. I. Uh, <laughs> not I. Yeah. Definitely uh, not me. Yeah, well, yeah, then <laughs> I guess that leaves me. Um, <laughs> Vanilla Ice has a lighting line, and I'm talking about that because Matt Scott's ice, the smartest lighting guy I know. Uh, and then uh, my friends over at the BBC have totally broken my heart with Doctor Who, and I'll explain that in a second. But first... Uh, an article out of the Times of India. Is this Steve Jobs' worst nightmare coming true? And basically the, the bottom line is this. Is Samsung, uh, over the last couple of years, with the help of Android, it has to be said, with the help of Android, is quickly becoming, um, in certain parts of the world, the number one smartphone. A uh, reason that makes sense for AV is because, hey, guess what the easiest and uh, the most ubiquitous uh, audio-visual controller you have in your pocket is? That's right, your smartphone. So, Mr. Scott, uh, is this something we need to be concerned about? Or should we uh, bow to our new masters at Samsung and say, you know, welcome? Not, and also, not for nothing, Samsung is one of the platinum sponsors of the Infocom show uh, now that our buddies in Anaheim have bowed out. So, is this a good thing, bad thing? You know, who, who cares who wins this fight? I don't, I don't think anyone's going to actually win this fight. I think they're going to both the just draw. continue to be, yeah, they're going to brawl it out and just continue to be behemoths and both kind of own a large part of the the share. Uh, sorry to my local friends, Rim, who will oh, not be don't, in this don't, That's not even may fair. They, may they rest in peace. They're not, no, no, no. They're I not feel, dead feel yet. Of, hey, oh, come I finally on. had one of my friends order the new phone. One friend. I feel kind of special. And if the sad. 10 series doesn't pull them out, they're done. Well, yeah, well, it won't. But so back to what we're talking about, yes. Michael. Just because you just showed up doesn't mean you get to talk. Oh, he's got six months show. worth of pent up, you know, I know. commentary. <laughs> I noticed that you know some of our other friends bowed out of the show, and you left it to me. <laughs> Thank you, Anyways, George Tucker. <laughs> back to back to Samsung. He's got a real job. I know. The, tell me about it. I think the biggest thing will come down to the fact that you know again. So many people have just solely developed for Apple, and and Android has kind of been the afterthought. And I know Android is not Samsung, but most, you know, a, a fair amount of people who are on Android devices are using Samsungs. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where now you're going to have to develop for both at the same time. You're not going to be able to say, yes, our iOS uh, app is coming this month, and in two months we'll have our Android app. You're going to have to do them at the same time, and there will be a lot of companies who will push Android first. Oh, because again, you got to remember, it's, it's not, yes, it's Samsung Apple, but the bigger thing is Samsung Android, right? Or I'm sorry, Apple Android. Apple Android, yeah. 
and that's what's pushing it. I, I get into these little fights all the time. Every time I'm talking Apple with uh, especially the local radio show that I, I uh, commentate on quite often because, you know, everyone wants to go, well, Apple's losing ground to Android. It's like, well, yeah, of course they are. Android has on the market right now, what is it? I don't know, maybe 30, 35 different phones at least. But but uh, Matt, that that's why I, I, I have to jump in here and disagree with you for a moment because are they going to roll out Apple before – Android, or they go roll them out together, still think Apple be the leader. And and the reason is because you do have 30 different devices you have to develop for. With Apple, I develop it once, I roll it out, and I'm good to go. Um, but with the Android true. platform, you know, I got to worry about compatibility across 30 different... Yeah, 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 yeah. You right. yeah, yeah. got to remember that one of the things that Android is pushing, is even though they've got multiple devices running it, they're pushing to have a, you know, complete, consistent deployment so that what you run on your gs3 is the same as what you run on your gs4 versus your lg optimus or your motorola whatever um sorry i don't know any motorola phones um yeah it happens but <laughs> you know it's it is one of those things where again i'm not saying that this is going to happen tomorrow i just as samsung continues to push this and android continues to be developed uh that much faster faster and further than not necessarily than um, iOS will I think they'll continue to compete very very well but you'll start to see a lot of people um, you know really running Android devices and most of those will probably be Samsung um, just because they do make a really killer device okay really quickly and and this this is where it ties back into the AV part um, whether it's it's Panasonic or Samsung or Sony or whatever all of these guys have built-in apps now I mean I recently yep. bought a new Pioneer uh, Pioneer Head. First thing I did was I, I went to the App Store and I downloaded their, their app for it. Uh, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but hey, you know what? It's there and it's it's possible. Uh, they did not though have one for Android. They did they did on the on the iOS platform. Did it for the for the iPad, and I still can't do it with my phone. So here's the question, guys: Is the fact that Android is so ubiquitous, and I think that. It, regardless of the different flavors of it, we can agree that it's it's becoming more ubiquitous than possibly iOS. Um, does that mean that either Sony and Samsung and all these guys are going to bake Android into their smart devices like TVs and, and uh, you know distribution heads, or are they going to try to do their own version, their own stuff inside, and then? create hooks into iOS and to into, uh, Android? Well, if they're smart, they'll, you know, use something like Android or, you know, set a standard. If they continue to be closed-minded like they have so much in the past, they'll keep it in their own little shoebox, their own little sandbox, and, you know, you'll end up with Sony products that don't talk to anything else and Samsung products that don't talk to anything but Samsung products. Um, and, you know, you'll hit that point where people will not use those built-in features because they just don't function properly. Here, here. Because I don't use the built-in stuff. Yeah. You know? I, I don't. I, I've got, oh, that's true. And, and I've, got, I've got Samsung player, DVD player. I've got uh, Samsung TV. I've got a Pioneer uh, surround sound receiver, um, my DirecTV box, and my Apple TV, and my media server, which is run in Apple Air, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, Airplay. it's, so you're still going to have the varying platforms in, until a standard's created, which by the way, I don't believe there will be no. in this arena. No. Um, so we're just speaking hypothetically then. So everything's going to stand on its own yeah. and it's really going to come down to market share. That's well, my perspective. Okay. So here, the, the only, hold on. The only side that I see where they may make a standard that may be effective for this is if, you know, again, depending on how the development of HD... Don't you say comes. CEC. Don't you no. say CEC. No, 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 no. no. CEC is complete and utter garbage. <laughs> but, you know, again, that, that's one of the things that they're, they're playing with as they, they're working on the development of HD-based T. Um, and even they were, they were talking about it at CES this year. Some of the stuff that they're working on, if it, again, if it works the way that they want it to work and they're thinking the development's going to go... That may become part of that control and smart control side of things that we keep half expecting someone to bring out. 
So let me ask you guys this, and Michael, we'll start with you on this, uh, as being a, a former integrator. Is, are all of these really cool, awesome, controllable devices that people are seeing now? Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tech geek, right? But if my in-laws go out and buy a new TV and they can download something on their phone, they think that's cool, right? Is this going to create a bigger market and a bigger brand or, or a possibility awareness or technology awareness for people like Crestron, AMX, um, Control 4, where they say, you know what, you know, Mr. and Mrs. You know, Smith, you have this device and this device and this device. And yes, they all have their own app. However, if you'd like to control all of them with one app, then enters, you know, in walks, you know, Kevin Iselli and, you know, lays it all out for them. If they're smart. Yes, they'll take it. They'll take it. They, they, absolutely, they should capitalize on that. You know, the the AV industry is a good size industry, but it's nothing compared to the consumer electronics no. um, forum. And you know, Crestron, for instance, AMX, they both have a good foothold uh, control for in the residential space, but definitely mm-hmm. higher end residential space. Um, if they were to come out with a platform like that. You know, then they're going to be competing with the likes of Logitech and the Harmony remotes and, and things along those lines, the URCs. It. Um, but, you know, it's really about, and that's what integration is all about, right? It's bringing all the pieces together and making it work as one common system, no matter what the platform. So I say take everything to RS-232 and you're good. Oh, <laughs> nice. 232. That's wonderful. Yeah. You, you haven't, I, they, they haven't. Well, we could bring Zigbee back. Oh, be quiet. Oh, please don't. We could don't bring even. X10 back. So. Hey. Hey now. Hey. Oh. hey. All right. Uh, from I, our buddies. I, actually, I, Go ahead. I saw a customer last week who really wanted to know why he couldn't just use X10. And and what what was your explanation, Mr. Scott? Was really? Do you want your lights to turn on? Okay, there you go. Uh, speaking of lights, uh, our <laughs> if buddies, you want them to our, turn on, our friends you know, over at if CE you just Pro. Want in the wall that, I am going to get this story out. Um, <laughs> our buddies over at CE Pro, uh, Julie Jacobson wrote this this piece. Uh, we're going to talk about lights for a second, and uh, you Woo! are a huge thing. Yeah, that's why I have you. <laughs> that's why this it makes sense for to have you on for a couple of these. Uh, Lutron is the dance over here. Huh? The happy dance. The dance over here. <laughs> uh, Lutron has two patents uh, for controlling and programming IP-enabled dimmers and other devices um, via, quote-unquote, the Internet of Things. <laughs> Don't say it like that. It's is that, an is that thing. No, no, that's what it says. It's a <laughs> quote. I did not make this up. Um, and God, love the guys at Lutron, but what, you know, I'm not going to make fun <laughs> of them for the freaking Internet of Things thing. They're not the first person to use that, actually. Uh, okay, besides, besides it is, a it is an acronym now, IOT. Yeah, it is IOT. Yep. Seriously. Thanks, Thanks yep. Tim. Seriously. Right. Internet of Things. I lowercase O capital T. Trash of my Lutron piece. That that and the inner tubes. I'll I'll accept both of them at the same time. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what that is, go go Google it. There's a wiki on it. Um, Matt, is this is this kind of Lutron getting into the game and 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 furthering their their um, control over not just lights but also other things going IP uh, um, and them just more developing things. I don't think it is them trying to control other things uh, so much as it's them continuing to expand and progress the the lighting control market and the 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 way in which the systems can function down the road. Um, it's something where you know we we've seen it really start to take off with stuff like Nest. Uh, in the Wi-Fi thermostats that, you know, again, you plug it on the wall or not even plug it. You screw it into the wall, put a battery in it. It connects. It does its thing. And you have access to it anywhere without the need for additional processors. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about some Crestron parts that I have in my house right now. My uh, Crestron thermostat that I'm currently using, it it requires not only a processor but also an additional RF dongle to allow it to function uh, on the network and have yeah. control over it with even uh, you know all all my Lutron stuff that's in my house currently it still needs that additional box what this is going to give us the the possibility and the capability of down the road will be having instant control of that without the box and without some of those additional things that you needed to actually you know again get that control beyond the system and i think it's just and you know it's something we've seen some people try this uh with a couple of things down the or not down the road um in the past 
and it's it's kind of starting to get there. But now that Lutron has obviously patented this back in June, this will really, you know, again, it's Lutron. If if they're going to make it, they're going to make it work. It may take them some time to do it, <laughs> but they'll do it, and it'll work, and it'll be functional. And, you know, again, I, I was working with a client uh, two weeks ago looking at some stuff, and, you know, he was looking at the project and going, yeah, the scope of this is a little bit more than what I expected. I just want to do this. And, you know, this is one of those products that w- when this comes to market, again, depending on all those things that will happen when it comes to market, it can, you know, it, it to me as a, as a big current dealer, it makes me look at it and go, man, this is going to make it so much more accessible for so many people. And, and Michael, the reason I, I even bring this up is the fact that it is Lutron, right? This is not some guy in the back 40 selling light switches out of his car. It's an industry leader who is pushing more and more into IP, and not just IP, but wireless IP control. Yeah, I, I think it's the natural progression, and Lutron's just the first to the market to say, hey, we're going to patent this. Um, now, that's not to negate their innovation, because they're they're known as a very innovative company, and, and I commend them for that. Um, but I am excited about this. Um, you, you know, my wife has a Fitbit. For those, a what has it? A Fitbit. Okay. <laughs> And I bring is, that up. Is there a cream for that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. A fit. Wow. <laughs> no. Okay. Go back to CE Pro. Yes. Okay. Julie Jacobson actually wrote an article about this, about, about the, the Fitbit. Fitbit. Okay. About the Fitbit and the internet of things and Ooh. how it spoils food if you don't exercise. Okay. Okay. So the Fitbit is this cool little device. It's kind of like a pedometer, a fancy pedometer. You strap it on and you and it tracks every step you take, stairs, all your activities and gives you all the calories. But then it communicates back to your home computer, whether it's a Mac PC, doesn't matter via Bluetooth. I don't have to sync it up. As long as I'm in range, it's going to upload the information, syncs hmm. my iPad app. But the thing that Julie was talking about here is, hey, if you don't exercise enough, the Fitbit is going to log that information. And you can use the Internet of Things and all the intelligence built into that to actually tell your refrigerator to turn off so you get punished for not exercising. I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So so I know that sounds really far-fetched, but um, actually I think it's Belkin that uh, came out with the interface, the Belkin Wemo switch, okay. which, which does all this. And, you know, so, yes, is this technology cool, but is it scary? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, it's the Matrix all over again, or the start of the Matrix. So, so yeah, it's the natural progression. Kudos to Lutron for going after it, being the first to hit the market with it, for securing the patents, and everybody else is going to have to license the technology from them now. Yeah. So, and Matt will be happy for another yeah. couple of years. So, oh, oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, um, the AV Network. Andy? I can't yeah. wait. From AV I Network. Called my rep, and he I said, and, and he said, hey, you're, you're shipping next week. No, actually, he he pretty much said exactly what Mark, their patent attorney, said and said, yes, we don't discuss upcoming products. <laughs> I said, come on, man. There's okay. an article. Talk to me about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, what you read, that's that's what we got. That's what we got. There you go. Um, Wait for my next tour. From uh, the PMA reports, uh, says that the projector market hit $9.5 million, uh in 2012, guys. And um, something that, that is near and dear to my heart when it comes to education, that's pretty much where we live, right? Uh, education is, I think, education and government are probably the two biggest uh, market uh, consumers of projectors. Um, it's a slight increase over 2011, and the reason that we're bringing this up is because you've got things that I think are encroaching on the projector market, namely thin LED flat panels that you can get up to 90 inches now. Uh, in the world of education, um, the 100, 110-inch uh, diagonal screen is kind of a standard. I hate to say standard. It's kind of a, a median. How about that? That's that's one of the things that you would kind of throw up. Um, and you're getting flat panels now that are about that size. So, Michael, is this slight increase a harbinger of the projector market going down, or was it just a blip and they're just going to keep growing and growing? Man, you know, that, that's a hard one to tell. Um, I, I'm with you though in the in the stand not the standard but the average size of education displays um, yep. and when I say display I mean projector or um, uh, actual display um, 
until the LEDs reach the point that you're at that 100, 110 inch mark, I think you're still going to see projectors remain flat, if not continue to grow. Um, once the displays reach the point that you're you're able to get beyond that 100, 110 inch economically, then you're going to start to see the transition. Matt, he makes a good point because you know, let's be honest, the the 90 inch Sharp is somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three thousand dollars, and I can get a projector and screen that does bigger, <laughs> that does the hundred, hundred and ten inch for Not about in, seven and a quarter, eight and a quarter. So, not uh, in Canada. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'll buy one for you and then just charge oh, you a slight shit. upcharge. What? I like it. <laughs> sorry, because even with my upcharge, you'd still be saving money. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, huge. are we are we looking at at the the start of the downturn for projectors, or are we are they still going to keep marching I, on? I still don't think we are, because you know, yes, the large screens are becoming occasionally a, re a replacement. Where I see them being replaced more often uh, than education is in the boardroom. I yes, see them going yeah. into a lot of corporate applications. Agreed. Um, more so than education, because again, how often. Do you really go into a, a classroom that's going to seat less than 20 kids uh, or adults or, or whatever you know level you're at where you're actually going to make use of only a 90 or even only 110? Most of those, uh, especially when they're either renovating or updating uh, current facilities, they're going bigger. They're going with larger screens so that more, more students can you know, uh, see it better. They're not sticking with an 85-inch projection screen. They're updating the whole thing. The other side that we got to remember is, uh, as well is that there's still a ton of those, you know, 10-year-old, you know, rooms where the current projector just isn't cutting it anymore, and they're going to have to upgrade, and they're not going to be looking at uh, the flat panel and all the changes that go with putting a flat panel in instead of uh, just replacing the one unit in the ceiling that's well, and honestly that's why you know looking back to my integration days we still sold a lot of vga and even <gasps> today I'll you see your tongue i'm not kidding man you still see a lot of hd 15 devices going into the ceilings because it's just that it's drop one out put a new one higher output in and make it work get by and, you, and that's what you see in a lot of education do today. you not listen to this show anymore nope last week's show was called vga is dead there yep. end of sentence yep <laughs> you, you, you were you <laughs> were wrong oh even even though the even though the show title was that and even though i personally agree with you on that i still spec a vga cable system oh. going into one yet uh, it, it not is yesterday still, the day before it is still very prevalent it is not dead yet well, I should have been on last week's show. I'm dead. just saying. Even yeah. though it's not coming out on every new product and it's not been in laptops on new panels from Intel for almost a year now, right. it's still something where every you know facilities manager, every technical director, every like for heaven's sakes, every church tech person I talk to tells me that they have someone who brings in a USB or a computer with a VGA output. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and they still. True. Yeah, you know, we're still running HDMI. We're still giving them a breakout box so that if they, you know, if it's something where they're not thinking that they want VGA in the wall, we're still giving them the capability to do it, whether it's over a ballot or, uh, you know, again, a breakout box to HDMI or something. We're still doing it because people still think they need it. So the consensus is that although VGA, VGA is not dead, it should be. Yes, it should be. Well, even, even if it is dead, it's still going to come back and say well, i'm not dead yet it's gonna I'm haunt you it's gonna be the zombie i feel like that's it it's on. a walking dead it's, it's a it's walking, walking dead. dead that's exactly right VGA is walking dead all right nice. uh you're listening to av week that right there across the uh the uh, the uh, table from me is michael drainer from sennheiser um installed sound and uh, on the skype box machine uh is uh <laughs> is my uh, is, is my canadian buddy matt scott from omega audio video um the surface sold out this week, Matt. Um, do we care? And is it? Do you think maybe it was um, a, a Nintendo trick? Uh, and if you don't know what that is, basically where they they don't make enough, and so they they artificially sell out online. I tell you what, it's looking really good for their stock price that they air quotes sold out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I again, this is this this reminds me just like the the BlackBerry we were talking about earlier. I don't know about you guys, I have yet to see one in the field. 
I have not seen a single surface outside of a Best Buy store. Yeah. Agreed. Anywhere. I haven't talked to someone who bought one. I haven't talked to someone who wants one. And it's, you know, yeah, they've sold out, but they're also not, you know, ramping production of the Surfaces or the Surface Pros the way that Apple ramps production on an iPad that comes out. They're, you know, they're, they don't know what their market spec's going to be. Look at, look at what HP has done in the last couple of years with their tablets and, you know, whatever devices where they expected them to sell. Look at the playbook. Oh, geez. They barely oh, no. sold any of them. So, yeah, Microsoft's not looking at it going, you know what, let's order, you know, 50 million. I don't know how many they ordered. I don't know how many they've officially sold. But they're not going to be, you know, ordering Apple numbers right off the bat. So, yeah, have they sold out? Sure. Does it mean that they under underestimated or that they, you know, at least didn't overestimate? Who knows? We, you know, until they actually bring some sales data out that's not just, hey, we're sold out. Who knows if this actually means anything? Michael, is it uh, is it is it a fake a fake sellout or is it you know the demand really that high? What's a surface? Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the really cool commercial where they do. Oh, the, that's right, with the, the little clicking <laughs> thing. Yeah, the clicking yes, thing. Oh, I always wanted to do that. I, you know, I saw the little Microsoft kiosk at the mall, and I wanted to go ask him to do the clicky dance for me. <laughs> Why didn't you? That'd be, that'd be awesome if they did that at every store. Yes, <laughs> they, they could do live performances. But look at the pricing of this thing, dude. I mean, $9.99, right? Why, why the heck wouldn't I buy an iPad over that? Well, the, the funny thing is that was the, the big thing that so many people trashed iPads for was that they were still expensive. Right. So obviously somebody didn't do their research on positioning this thing to the market. Well, yeah, Because they're more expensive than iPads. Right. Who, who is their market, though? I don't know. Do you? Well, don't that's have a that's a little unfair because the market is the same people. I think their market is the same person who would buy an iPad, right? No, no, no. I, I'm not. I don't know that that's the case, though. You think? I don't. I don't know. It like that. I'm just saying when you look at you know what it's capable, of, especially the Pro Edition. Who is that supposed to go to? Is that supposed to go to me? See, here's the thing. I I think I, I don't know. I honestly think that the the Pro and you put Pro on there for a reason. It's talking to IT comp- I- IT groups inside um, Fortune 500 companies and uh, institutions of higher learning who they love Microsoft, right? They love their servers. They love this, that, and the other. Oh, you're going to give me a tablet because all these, all these Yahoo kids and all these, um, these vice presidents are bringing in their, their iPads, and I can't put this on my network. But Microsoft, the name I love and trust and, and have, have been uh, courting for 20 years, I don't They're know going if to give me a one. single tech. I don't know. He says Microsoft, the name I know and trust. Yeah, you you, you <laughs> just use could. contradictory statements right. in the same <laughs> sentence, my friend. Never mind. Sorry, I know that was a wonderful speech that you've prepared and been working on <laughs> and rewritten multiple you. times. Oh, and he was very passionate about it. You should have seen him. <laughs> I know. I know he was standing up. He was pacing a little bit. Yes. I know. <laughs> Luckily, the teleprompter I'm, didn't fail. I'm sweating but a little bit. A little I still, I apologize. I cut in there, but. Man, I I just <laughs> never mind that. I see, and that's that. But as an AV guy, that's my perception of of IT guys is that they love Microsoft. They're gonna love something from Microsoft called the Surface Pro because it has Pro in the in the title, Makes and and they yeah. can they can distribute this out and, the, and it can be enterprise and they can love everything. Yeah, but why? Okay, so let's look at how the iPad and the iPhone have gained such great adoption in the corporate place. By sheer willpower and numbers. Exactly. Okay. And that's part of it. And who brought it in? It wasn't the IT people. No. They it fought was, it. it. Exactly. But it's still winning. And it's continuing to win every day. And more and more companies are learning that the BYOD approach, and for those who don't know, that's bring your own device. You know, they fought it for years, yeah. but now they're learning to embrace it. It's one less thing that they have to be concerned about. They don't have to maintain it. All they have to do is deal with the policies and how to secure it in their network. That's, that's okay. Right. So it's up to the individuals. I have a company issued company issued iPad now. Now, this is the first company I've worked for that's done that, but they've learned to embrace the technology. They've learned to control it within their environment, and it's working really well for us. Um, and you're seeing more and more of that. And I think we've had those conversations in the past that the consumer market drives the pro market. It does. It's not it the does. other way no. around. No. And so consumer demand is going to drive what corporations are going to adopt yeah, in the long term. Absolutely. All right. 
Uh, this comes to us from the register, uh, register.co.uk. The Ethernet is 40. It's as old as Tim Albright, It's folks. as old as me. And it's as old as Michael and Matt put together. So, oh, that's sweet. That he said I'm young. You punk kid. Well, actually, he was he was saying that. Never. Well, you're, you're, you're still you're right. You're I was right, saying sure. that Matt was really really young. <laughs> Matt's still the only one under thirty, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Just, he is indeed. Just. Just. Um, well, no, not just. Like, actually, like uh, ten months. Just. Regardless, oh, 10 you're months. still yes. under thirty. Um, so anyhow, so the Ethernet is 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 forty years old. Um, here in the next week or so, Infocom is going to release. Uh, a show that our buddy George Tucker did, uh, a version of, um, or an episode of Infocom Today, about networked AV. Um, the Ethernet is 40, and the AV industry is is just now, in the last few years, embracing it in totality. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Um, we you don't uh, want to jump on anything. You know, take your time. Well, not just that. And and what was it? 10, 12 years ago, we had our first AV device that had Ethernet. So I'm not saying we just now got to the table, okay? We waited 30 years, <laughs> and then we we're, got to the table. We're just late bloomers. Okay. Michael, is it, besides the fact that it's 40 years old, are we getting to, is there something coming else down the pike, or is this what we've got for the next foreseeable future? And so it makes sense for AV to, to embrace this completely. One of the things that the IT industry is very good at is standards. And that is something that we are horrible at in the yeah. AV industry. Okay. Now, that said, that's why Ethernet has lasted 40 years. You yeah. know, it was up against competitors like Token Ring um, and Fiddy and some other things like that. Is that a relation to Fitbit? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But Ethernet won out yeah. at the end of the day. And it was the standard that was adopted worldwide um, by the IT community. And I think it's going to continue to be the standard for the foreseeable future. Um, we come out with newer and better and faster and improved versions of Ethernet. Um, but until um, something comes out that just completely revolutionizes the stand the format, um, we're going we're gonna to stay on this platform for a while. Now, that said, um, Wi-Fi, obviously... Mm -hmm. Uh, a big deal, um, and that's going to continue to progress. And and and. But you still need wires to get to the exactly. That's okay. exactly right. And remember, Ethernet um, is a platform. It's you know, um, it's a communication medium. Yeah. Right. It's so not the the cat five. It's not the cable. Yeah. Right. Uh, Matt, is this like Michael says? This is going to be here for a while. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know what? Just say, just say you concur. A, a broadcast teacher at one point told me not to ask yes and no questions, and that's probably why. Yeah, that's because you get someone like me who says yes. yes. I agree. Yes. I concur. All right, next story. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Sennheiser for a couple minutes and a couple different ones that uh, our friend, Mr. Michael Drainer uh, from Sennheiser, has brought us. First of all, uh, it's called an anaconda. Um. Dum, dum, dum. It looks, it looks like an anaconda. It's a freaking speaker that you can, uh, flexible. It is two meters long. It's a freaking snake. It is. It is a flexible line array. Jeez. Say what? It is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Let me tell you. Oh wow. See, I don't remember before sliced bread, so that 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 means nothing to me. Okay, I I do. And <laughs> And let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times I cut my fingers slicing bread. So, imagine a a snake, a black snake, that is two meters long. You that has it in one of these. That pictures. has NL four connectors on both ends, and I can connect multiple numbers of them together in a long element, up to sixteen elements in one line, and I could stretch it around a room. I can conform in historical spaces. Freaking cool! Um, you could wear it. If you had an amplifier that would drive would it, wear it around I, your neck. I would do that. Matt, you would, Matt you Scott would do, would do that. Matt Scott I'd would wear do it that. As, hey, can you send me one? Of this the thing, belt? this thing do is I revolutionary. Look like it's revolutionary, dude. Can I sign, yeah. size it as a belt? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I know, Matt, well, well Matt, for, Matt, for your for your two meter waist, it's yes. two meters. No, I don't have. <laughs> I could wear it as a belt. Can you? You couldn't. I could wear it as a belt. You probably not. I need it as a thirty-six. And and. It's IP55 rated for outdoor use. See, that's just cool. Landscaping, under eaves and overhangs. Now, let me ask you this, in all, in all seriousness, because yeah. um, I'm not an audio guy. You are my audio brain when it comes to stuff. 
Uh, even you, you give me too much Even credit. before you started at Sennheiser. Um, in the picture, you show it being twisted and turned and almost mm -hmm. made into knots. Does that affect the sound quality? Does it affect the... Because the, you've shown me ease drawings before and I barely understood them. Um, does that affect stuff like that, like the, the sound displacement or the sound? Yeah, absolutely it does. Um, so basically this device is made up of a number of little one-inch drivers okay. um, throughout. Are they steerable? Um, or I guess they are steerable because you can flex yeah, it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, because you, you can turn it and flex it and change its, uh, uh, its orientation. Um, but yes, as you turn it, it is going to change the dispersion of it. It will change the frequency response a little bit. Um, but keep in mind that this is this is something that's designed for very um, unique applications. Um, it, you could put it across a stage lip, right, where you cannot have obtrusive speakers. You can't put anything into the front of the stage. Um, work really great for front fills under balconies where you have a low overhang mm -hmm. and you can't have speakers hanging down and you don't want the honky ceiling drain. Uh, ceiling speakers up there or you don't get access to it. I mean, this is something that you can literally strap up to a rafter, connect it end to end, and it's going to work. Um, I've got a number of clients that are very excited about this product um, for historical type applications. And that means, yeah, minimal that impact yeah. into the space because you can customize the colors of it. You basically throw a sock over it, whatever color sock Jeez. you want. Um, and, and think about, think about like the whirlwind snakeskin, yeah. you know, kind of like the braid. That's what this is constructed of. And then inside of it, that's, are the individual line actually, that's exactly what it looks like yeah. is that whirlwind. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so here's my question. What's the pricing on it? I have don't, they announced it? I don't have pricing on it yet. Unfortunately, I will have my demo units. Um, middle of March is, uh, when I believe they're supposed to arrive from Italy. So, and then, and then Michael's going to, uh, kind of make a trip up to London, Ontario, Absolutely. Yeah, because technically Absolutely. that's the Midwest. Do you do Michigan? You don't do Michigan, do you? I don't do Michigan, oh, unfortunately. Right no, right no, I sure don't. Um, Trying to think of what else to tell you Was about. It? Yeah, you know, think think front fills, outdoor installations, theme parks, um, scenography design, you know, anything along those lines. Exhibits are a big deal. Um, yeah. All right. Well, the other thing is uh, the Grammys were last week, and you guys had a press release out about the number of Sennheisers being used. Um Miranda Lambert used one, Alicia Keys, uh, LL Cool J used one. Yep. I just think that's cool. Yeah. So here's a question for you for you as the Sennheiser representative. Is that a big deal for you guys? I mean, do you do you guys think you get a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to to having Sennheiser all over the Grammys? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's one of the important things to know too. We don't give product away. So they didn't when so you when you see, when you see artists using our product, they buy it. Really? Yes. Now, there are a lot of competitors out there who will comp the artist or give them the product or sponsor them by, you know, loading them up with free gear. We don't do that. People that use our products use them because they honestly believe they're the best in the business so and, and, and they're willing to pay for them. A couple of years ago, um, uh, American Idol, who is no stranger to sponsored um, nope. things. Nope. <laughs> I mean, for granted, they've had Coke. They've had Coke uh, Coke cups on their All over on their, on yep. their uh, tables for six years or seven. How long the thing? Yeah, uh, they started using the fancy smancy Sennheisers um, with the the tips at the end. Um, the, the fin, yes, the infamous fin. Um, so they didn't they didn't that that wasn't a sponsorship deal. No. Sennheiser didn't call up and say, "Hey, would you like to use our mics?" They actually they purchased all of those. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. And in fact, something else you didn't know is that they used Neumann elements, which are also owned by Sennheiser for the judges. And the judges' mics on the tables. Well, that's pretty. Which is pretty cool. Seriously. Yep. Yep. I'm in the wrong business or the yep. wrong end of this, but yep. <laughs> That'd be cool. I want a Neumann. It's <laughs> a whole other issue. Um, I told you for the right price, I'll get. You I one. know that I have to buy it. That's the problem. <laughs> Jeez. And since I have no ads on this, then there you know how much money I make off this game. I All know. Right. By the way, Tim is soliciting sponsorships. No, so, I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get, get continue on. Um, there's a Bluetooth sticker that you can slap on stuff, and the reason I mentioned that. Um, okay, that's one of the coolest things. I've it seen. is very yeah, cool. It's from it the is. Verge, by the way. It's uh, we'll put the link up. Um, Matt George has talked about this. Our buddy George Tucker. Um, Tucker Chews on Twitter, by the way. Uh, not that he doesn't have enough followers. But he's talked about before about all of these, this, this RF stuff and, and not being a, 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 a gesture in kind of in jest. But 
the the control systems that are coming out now and the interactivity with them, especially with stuff like occupancy sensors and, and, and Bluetooth, um, this is something I see that you can you know either put it on a keychain or whatever, and you walk in the door, and your Bluetooth button that's on your on your keychain senses that you're home and says, "Hey, look, Matt's home. Here's Matt's presets." And whether that it runs, whether it's, it's it runs you a nice hot bath, or it starts the jazz music and sets the lights not nice and low, and turns on turns on a soccer game. My lights are always nice and low before I even walk in the door. Well, there but you go. That's it turns on, then it turns on a soccer game. The point it, on, on one TV, it turns on uh, Manchester United. On the other TV, it has you know the Cowboys from when they were good. Ouch. <laughs> This coming from a Bears fan. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that was better. About that. Uh, um, is this something that we're, where we can integrate this stuff into into an AV control system? I, I don't know if it's yet to that point where we can integrate with it. The part of it that I loved is that I will pay just about anything to get one of these that I can put on my wife's phone. So every time we're about to leave the house and she goes, where's my phone? I can open my phone and find it for her. You and me both. Good wow. Lord. I don't know how they lose them so quickly. I thought I was the only one that wow. had that problem, but yeah. 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 That would be good. But no, it's. Oh, I can I put it on my son's pacifier? It's surely going to get there. Oh, for Pete. No, you just buy more pacifiers. Can I put it's it on like his binkies? 30 cents. On his binkies? Yeah, he loses his binkies all the time. They're kids. Dude, they they, do they've that. got the little clips. Haven't you seen they those? They do have they, clips. They clip to the shirt and then they the other You've side. You've never seen that? I've got a couple. I'll bring you a couple. Continually attached to him? Maybe they don't Oh, maybe, oh can I put him on it? There we go. That's put how it on I, him. Put it on him. Put it on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't lose him. No, you can you find out where your kids your are. <laughs> and eventually just sew it into their backside. And, well, you yeah, you can, you can already When, he, when he's 18, you can open up your iPhone and go, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right, well, a couple more stories and we'll, we'll let you guys go. Uh, first of all, because it's, it's, you know, I have my smart lighting guy on. Vanilla Ice has a home oh. lighting system. Sorry. I knew this was coming. I got uh, one good story, and then I get one cheesy. All right, let's go. I mean, it, here's the thing. Besides the fact that, you know, he did Ice Ice Baby, and I probably danced to it uh, during show choir when I was in high school. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Vanilla Ice has, has – I've got pictures I'll show you sometime. Ooh, oh, no, fancy. please don't. Um, hey, you know what? I looked good back then. Uh-huh. As compared to now. Sure. Well, Tim, you still look good. Thank you very you much. You own it, Appreciate my friend. It. Hey, you're not you. looking at him across the table. Um, you're right. I'm in Canada, so it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it's the perfect distance for me to look good. Um, Vanilla Ice uh, is also uh, – He's got lighting. He's, well, he's got he, – he's become – uh, a, a home renovator. I mean, he, he buys seems, homes yeah. and uh, and he flips them. And oh, did you hear his new song? What? Light, light, baby. Oh. How, how long have you been working on that, Michael? <laughs> About thirty seconds. <laughs> it sounds like it. Since you got the email. Since you got the email on Tuesday, but we're talking about this. Uh, but he has a he has a lighting. It's called Vanilla Ice Lighting Line. And um, Matt, is this something? As you know, you do a lot of resi. Uh, could you? All kidding aside, with a straight face, could you spec this and and bring this to your clients? Not if it looks like the light that's on the uh, the advertisement. <laughs> no, okay. it looks kind of like it, old. It's an it's an ugly fixture. Yeah, it looks like crap. Um, you know, it's it's like anything. Lighting is one of those things where there are so many manufacturers who make it. Capital makes a boatload of fixtures, and they have a fair number of endorsed lines by everyone and their mother um, who has, you know, a couple lamps that they put their signature on. It's, oh, we like this lamp. It looks like us or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly do not know if there's really a customer who walks into a lighting store and says, do you have anything by Vanilla Ice? Because <laughs> if you do, I will, I will buy that luminary fixture from you right now. Here's my Amex. Yes, but did you see the price on it? Yeah. Yeah. No, what? $1,495 for that little chandelier. He's going to eat. Lighting is an expensive, an expensive game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, when, when you get out of if, – if you guys have never gotten outside of, like, the Home Depot – local little lighting store and oh, have, I have yeah. not got into some of the boutique uh in the the actual designer lighting uh fixture 
market, there's some very, very expensive stuff uh, and some very, very sexy stuff. Unfortunately, this only kind of falls into the expensive part, not the, the sexy part. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, it's a story because it's vanilla, it's vanilla ice. ice. People like to reminisce on either how far he's come or how far he's fallen, depending on whether you like him or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, but did you notice? I mean, I don't know if you dug into this, Matt, and looked at it all, but I'm I'm looking at the, the entire line, and it's eight fixtures that look exactly the same. Yeah, they're, they're, it's very minimal, and you know when you read when you read the the reports on it, it's stuff that's coming. No, again, this is what they do in lighting. It's you know it's for you know looking at this uh, first opening featured item right now, it's three fixtures. They look almost the same. One is a pewter, one's a bronze, one has a slightly smaller uh, globe setting. It's it's all it's lighting. That's we, that's what okay. they do. So so we need to hook Vanilla Ice up with the Lutron folks to get his. They'll never let him. Internet in. of Things going <laughs> on his new little light fixture. Then I might consider. No, but again, that that's the next that that could be one of the next steps. In not not for ice, but right. in lighting in general, right, right, is when they start to integrate actual fixtures. Yeah, that's when you know again you may see some very very cool stuff start to happen. Well, and that makes sense yeah. because that's that's kind of the the, the approach that um, that televisions and and displays have taken, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, it, first of all, it was it was hooking up a a Crestron or AMX or something like that via two thirty two. Now almost every uh, projector out there with its salt has some sort of wireless control and and stuff built into it so that makes sense exactly the the hardest part of that is just that you know fixtures are there's so many of them it's not it's not like projection or tv lines like if you order a capital lighting catalog your mailman will hate you because it's (laughs) huge like it is gigantic if you get their entire line and it changes so often and by the way and by the way vanilla's products are on page you know 999 yeah. Right. Well, again, he's only got six. Or right. sorry, nine. nine. Nine products. Nine SKUs. Nine SKUs. Yeah. yeah. So that, so that's it, worth two pages. <laughs> no, it's a big catalog. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, again, you, there will be someone who likes his stuff. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, it'll be the same as. Um, gosh, what was I looking at the other day? It was something, and it was I think it was in like one of the home stores, and it was Vera Wang, and I am not. I don't really like her stuff in general. Uh, especially her clothing type stuff. It's not my style at all. Granted, I don't wear women's clothes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I looked at the product and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then my wife was with me and she looked at it and she's like, oh, it's Vera Wang. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't care. It doesn't, just because they slapped their name on it doesn't mean it's good or bad unless you like that person. Yes. You know, it's the same as Martha Stewart or gosh, even, you know, one of my favorite steakhouses is the Palm. And they've, you know, in the last two years started to brand a lot of their stuff and you can, you know, go to a store and buy palm steak knives or mm. palm, you know, everything from little butter, tr- you know, just the whole kit. And I, I will occasionally buy those parts because it says the palm on it. Not because I think it's a good product necessarily because it's made by whoever makes their stuff, but it says the palm. I like the palm. I'll buy it. So you're as, as susceptible as anybody else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's the palm. It's the palm. All right. Uh, one my, last story. My, my New York yes. friends will understand. I don't know what the palm is. It's a it's oh, a, uh, it's a casino in Vegas. He, he's from the Midwest. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. No, they, they, um, got, they got a couple in the Midwest. Uh, last but not least, uh, from our buddies over at Technology Tell, uh, the BBC has broken my heart. Uh, the Doctor Who, who is celebrating their 50th anniversary, <clears throat> Is going 3D. Boo. Do, do I lose a geek card for having never seen an episode of Doctor Who? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just, or at I, least I, you I, go I, from gold to like 10. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe you're not, you know, you don't lose a card completely, but you, you lose some of your, your luster. Hey, in, in all seriousness, um, I, I don't understand this move. Except the fact the BBC does one thing well, and they do push technology. Uh, this summer in, in the Olympics, they broadcast a lot of events in 3D. 
um, my dislike of 3D aside, at least give them the props for, for pushing things forward and, and, and trying to get things out there. Um, I probably would have wished that they would have broadcast it in 4K <laughs> rather than 3D, but hey, you know, um, you can't you can't split hairs. So uh, apparently, uh, um, Doctor Who will be in 3D. So yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, with us this week has been Mr. Matt Scott from Omega Audio Video in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, how can people find you, sir? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Omega Audio Video or at Matt D. Scott or on Facebook at either one of those or online at OmegaAudioVideo.com. Very cool. And also with us is the Midwest Area Sales Manager for Installed Sound at Sennheiser, my buddy, Michael Drainer. How can people find you, sir? At Michael Drainer on Twitter. And please feel free to visit SennheiserUSA.com. Because you can see the Anaconda. Yes. Click on K-Ray and look for the Anaconda. Yeah, that is so cool. I like the K-Rays in general, but that's that's just cool. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. If you'd like to follow me in, in the Twitter stuff, it is T-D Albright, A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T. But more importantly for me and everybody here at Aviation, please go by the website. Uh, Matt's the one who did it, and he spent an awful lot of time on it. So check it out, if you will, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Uh, from there, you can get to our Facebook, our Twitter, our G+, and all that other jazz. Uh, you can see, you can listen to this show as well as our monthlies. Uh, and as a programming note, we have a brand new show coming down the pike uh, this week, uh, focusing on the world of control in AV. Uh, very excited about that. So avnation.tv avnation.tv thanks so much for listening that's all the time we have for AV Week